Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 46 of the Big Fly Pop with your co-host, Vinny D'Amato, KMACM, and T. Lou. Thanksgiving week, thankful for these fellows and thankful for the listeners that are tuning in every single week. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, this week, a couple topics to discuss. Hot stove update. Uh, the A's are going to be moving to Vegas. We'll get to that here in a little bit. The 2024 Hall of Fame ballot was announced. Some familiar names and some names that might have a quick discussion about. And finally, we're going to look at the Kansas City Royals, their 2024 outlook here coming up shortly. Let's check in with the fellas, though. Let's start with the man who is on camera now, ready to show the world what he's got. CM, how you doing? Good, dude. I'm doing good. We got a little bit of, there's some activities going on outside the apartment today. So we are living, living large in here. Can only imagine. Kame, how are the teacher, uh, student teacher conferences? Excuse me. Yeah, had parent teacher conferences today, day two tomorrow. They went well on day one. We got through it. Um, I was just talking with Vinny right before we hopped on. You know, a lot of times it's uh, pretty positive with PE. Not a whole lot of not a whole lot of troubled kids who come in for conferences. So they're positive. We got through just a long day, but decided to talk some ball. Vinny, what about you? How was the office today? Well, the office was nice, but now all I can think about is how great it would be to have a gym class with Mr. May as my teacher, like, would just be Can we get a quick breakdown of what that actually looks like? Like, what does it look like? Like, let's say I'm not talking first day, like, hey, my name's, you know, Mr. May. First off, it's just weird to say that in general. Yeah. But I would like to know what is the agenda on, on the daily for the kids? Like, is it every single day? So the way our school does it is that they're on like a block schedule, it's called. So they have like on every other day. So on A days, I see half the kids. And then on B days, I say half the kids. And they kind of switch off back and forth. But uh, no, I'm a big uh, jumping in and participating with the kiddos. You know, I like being active. I like kind of modeling what I want them to do. So you'll see me moving. If you were in my one of the classes, you see me out there moving, grinding, and uh, and getting after it. <laughs> nice grind. I love it. Like, Mr. What does May. that like mean? Like, I, I think this should be a couple minutes here. So when you say like you get <laughs> yeah. into it, like you're doing it, like what, what does that mean? Like you yeah. are actually performing the high knees or or what? We don't do high knees. We do some static stretching. We're big static static stretchers, so we do some uh, reverse hurdler stretches. You know, stretch out those hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then we get after it in the games. You know, we just finished up with pickleball, so I was oh, I was, oh that's actually that's I actually was, uh, a part of class yeah. now. Yeah, so I, I was dicing it up on the pickleball court a little bit last week. So uh, it's a blast, man. I I love it. Do you guys so for pickleball? Do they now have like portable nets that you bring on out, or like what nets do you use? No, we just use like shitty ones that we have in the closet. You know, they're like a little bit ripped, but they get the job done. So nice, nice, uh, folks. Mister May, the that segment will be back here, and and you do not have to worry about that. I know that's what everyone's tuning in for. Uh, so we'll talk about that here shortly. Let's talk hot stove, fellas. Um, big news, of course, here in. Over the weekend was Aaron Nola re-signs with the Phillies. Seven years, $172 million, all guaranteed. Full no-trade clause. He is a Philadelphia Philly until 2031. Rumors were that the Braves were actually in on uh, Nola. And also, too, rumors were that potentially more money was on the table that he could have taken. But he decided to go back to Philly, his home where his career has really thrived. Let's start with Mr. May. 
Mr. May, did you expect this? Was there any anything in the back of your mind you thought you'd see Nola going elsewhere, or did you see him landing as a Philly for the rest of his career? Yeah, I mean, out of the gate, um, I did see him going back to the Phillies. The kind of the reports coming out of his camp was kind of that, that he wanted to come back. He kind of had a desire to return. Um, so I did see it. I The money was a little bit more than I expected, to be, if I'm being quite honest with you. I didn't quite think it was going to be that 170 million range. Um, but overall, you know, like I said, I did see him going back to the Phillies. He had a desire to go back there. He's obviously had a lot of success. Um, and happy for the Phillies that they got their guy back. Um, they'll be a four-world team for a while, obviously. So good signing for them. Vinny? Yeah, I agree. I feel like it would be weird to see Nola in any other type of uniform, but uh, the fact that the Braves were in on him scares me for the rest of their offseason, right? Who else are they going to be going for? Because they're already a terrifying team as is. So, um, yeah, their offer, I guess, was more average per year. Um, but Nola wanted the extra year. I think they're the Braves offered him six years, right? And the Phillies gave him seven. So he wanted that extra year and um, he wanted to stay where he was comfortable. So that's a, you know, we, we often think that players just chase the money and sometimes they do, but the comfortable aspect of, you know, playing where you want to is, is important. So um, good on him for getting the, getting the contract. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I was hoping for somewhere out of the national league. I, I don't know if that was possible, but um hate watching that guy pitch against us. He's a horse, man. He's durable. And yep. honestly, I personally think that's why he got the money he got is because he's had the second most innings since like 2018, uh, you know, second to Cole. So yeah, I don't think he's missed a start in like four years now or something like insane. that. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't see that anywhere nowadays. Yeah. Sam, what do you got on the TV right now? What's rolling in the background? I got Monday night football going. What's the score right now, by the way? 17-7 at the half. Okay, I was down four in fantasy. I needed four. I needed two points from a safety. Uh, that's another discussion for another day as to my fantasy league discussions or decisions this year of what leagues I've joined. But let's talk, let's talk pod, uh, CM. Nola is a guy that I'm guessing you've enjoyed watching over the years and uh, appreciate as a pitcher yourself. Did you see them going this high money-wise for him as well, or do you think that's just the market these days? I think it's a little bit of a combo of both. I think with your the guy who is the, the head of your rotation and a team that's been a true contender for the last couple of years and really making moves to put yourself in contention every single year um, for the next few years down the road, I think going ahead and keeping – a guy who has been consistent for you and been the the number one starter um, for the last handful of years. I think it's a good move by Philly to lock him up and keep him there. And I think doing the the money for it um, is kind of the price that you have to pay now for those higher end starting pitchers. If the D-backs didn't do what the D-backs really did during the playoffs and weren't that sneaky team throughout really looking at what the Phillies had with Nolan Wheeler at the top. It was, it was, it was the best one, two punch easily going to put you over easily can get you two wins immediately in the series. So while people may look at that as they did, if Philly doesn't have Craig Kimbrell, uh, former Cub, former White Sox, 
but also to one of uh, the most unclutch relievers here in the last couple of years, give up that home run to Alec Thomas. I think we're seeing Nola in the World Series, and I think people would understand. He probably maybe even has more money in his pocket now if they do make it to the World Series. But um, let's talk uh, another free agent deal that just dropped here today. Lance Lynn signs with the Cardinals, one-year, $10 million, 2025 club option, adding more home runs to the NL Central opposing teams this upcoming season. I didn't really understand why they made this deal so early, considering the fact that the Cardinals were a team that was uh, pretty well known to be interested in a lot of the top free agents. I don't, I don't care who starts, but I, I, I personally didn't agree with doing this right away and letting the market kind of unfold. Uh, whoever's got to take there, because I just I didn't agree with this move. I think the fit is interesting. Um, you kind of touched on how many home runs he he lets up in in that ballpark. I mean, that's a that's a hitter's ballpark. So I, it'll be interesting to see how that how that kind of fits together or gels in um, at this point in his career. Um, I agree with you too. You know, kind of surprised they didn't let the market shake out a little bit. We all know the Cardinals need some arms, but uh, you know, like you said, I I kind of expected them to be at the top of that market, and they still might be at the top of the starting pitcher market. Who knows if they're end up Blake Snell or any of the one of those other guys at the top. Um, but yeah, interesting to say the least. I agree. I did see as far as like setting the market and everything, I did see a quote and I don't have it in front of me, but the Cardinals had said this offseason they want to add three starting pitchers. And so I assume their thought process is we're gonna get three, so we might as well just jump in as soon as we can. And you know, Lance Lynn, veteran guy, he's gonna hold your clubhouse down, he's gonna be in your rotation. So why not lock up somebody, you know, obviously maybe not, you know, high, high, high end guy like a Snell or a Nola, but, you know, a guy that you're going to need some of nonetheless. Yeah, I think it's uh, not a bad move at all with Lynn. He's kind of showed what he's been able to do these last couple of years, even though this year was a little bit of a, a down year for him. Um, I think he's been good enough to get that kind of a deal from somebody and to go back to St. Louis um, is probably pretty cool for him too. that little full circle effect. So I like the move personally for both sides. Yeah. He gets yeah, kind it's of an like, interesting deal. I mean, go ahead, Vinny. No, I was just say he gets kind of another little, like, I know he's 36, so he's probably not getting many more contracts, but if he goes out and pitches well this year, a team will sign him for you know two years or three years to wrap up his career, and it's probably what he's looking for. So yeah. that was it. Yeah, again, I I thought you know maybe in in you make a good point there where you say that he need they needed to pick up three starters, so you know maybe maybe they just thought that they could grab something. I just personally I didn't think it was the right move, um, but you know thinking about it, man, you got Miles Michaelis, and then you have. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I just had his name up. Who's the lefty? Steven Matz. So now you're down to two spots. And so I guess that's where you get your two top guys. And, you know, Lynn is your fifth guy in the rotation. And then you're able to bump up Michaelis and, and Matz because Matz showed out in the second half that year. As, uh, as I saw in fantasy baseball, he was unbelievable in the second half. So we'll see. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little thing that happened as well. A little shakeup that happened for K-May. The White Sox have officially traded Aaron Bummer to the Braves for five players. The White Sox received right-hander Mike Soroka, left-handed 
a left-hander Jared Schuster infielder, Nicky Lopez infielder, Braden Shoemake, and minor league pitcher Riley Goins. Kame Getz is coming out hot. He says that every player is available. I know you've had time to process this trade. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's kind of proven his point. He came out of the GM meetings. I think the quote was, I don't like a lot of, a lot of guys at a roster or I don't like how our roster is constructed right now. So I kind of sent a message that moves are coming this winter. Um, so he started off hot, like you said, coming out of the gate. I like the move for the Sox uh, for two reasons. One, they got a lot of guys back. Um, they need depth. They have a lot of holes on the roster. Middle infield being one of those holes. So that was obviously a target. Bringing Nicky Lopez back will probably be one of the everyday guys, um, either at second or short, depending on how the rest of the offseason shakes out. Um, also, you're taking a flyer on both those starting pitchers. Um, you know, who knows? Soroka might get a little bit of his 2019 form back. Nobody's expecting him to be the same guy that he was in 2019. But if you can find even a little bit of that talent, um, eat some innings in the middle of that rotation, that's just fine. And same with Schuster at the back end of that rotation. They just need guys to eat innings at this point. The rotation is very thin, so it adds to that. Um, and also, Aaron Bummer annoyed the crap out of me when he was on the White Sox, so I don't mind seeing him go. He was the classic guy who you brought in to face a lefty, and he would walk said lefty on four pitches. It was extremely frustrating to watch. His walk was through the roof this year. Um, he has nasty stuff, but he just could not harness it. So get him a fresh start. Get him in the National League. That's fine. Whatever. Happy to see him go. Yeah, and it, it sounds like that's what he's going to do out of the, the Braves bullpen is is face the occasional lefty, maybe close out an inning or something, and that's it. Because, you know, I think that they're pretty set and they're relief pitching. They're just kind of bolster their bullpen as much as they can because that's one of the few places that they actually can still kind of fix. Not that they're needing it, but, um, yeah, it's just a sign that the Braves are gearing up for another World Series and that the White Sox are, you know, adding some depth. Um really hope we can see old Soroka. Nicky Lopez, I really hope he can get the bat going, but I, I doubt it. At least he's a defensive wizard, but his bat is just so bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But um, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you got a good defensive guy who can just be a depth piece. So um, yeah, I like to trade for both sides. Yeah, agreed. I, I would just say that I, I really appreciate what Getz is doing. Because mm -hmm. he's a guy who saw that the team was in, and I apologize for saying this, KMA, but I think you'd agree with me, in shambles. Just like, you know, I kind of related a little bit to what Hoyer kind of walked into towards the end, where it was like, you got to pull the Band-Aid on a lot of decisions. They pulled the Band-Aid a little bit on getting, uh, you know, on, on letting Jose Abreu walk. But there was still a lot of things that needed to change. And I appreciate a GM who is willing to say this is not what's going to be acceptable moving forward and we need to make changes right now and he said i don't need aaron bummer in the bullpen my in next year we don't need him out there there's no point in having him he supposedly i guess his whatever is is it fip Vinny is the term supposedly was pretty high saying if he had a better defense he'd be better in these decisions look if he go anybody who goes to the braves is going to be used in a pro in a, in a better position anyways they're a better ball club of course, the guy is going to have better success in those moments because he's going to be able to be with a, a fierce bullpen. So I appreciate what Getz is doing, and I love the fact that he's saying, let's take a flyer on a guy like Soroka. Last year of arbitration is next year, so it's kind of like a prove-it year for him. Go see what he can do. 
He was out for two years during what the, you know, the horrible Achilles injury. And those things happen to, unfortunately, to guys. But I love the flyer on the kid. And also, too, if he has a good year, you don't have to pay him a bunch of money in order to keep him for another couple of years. And, you know, if he all of a sudden figures it out at the in the first half next year, you trade him. And then all of a sudden now are at the deadline next year and you get more prospects. So there's it's just a win-win situation. I know I'm a Cub fan, but I appreciate good moves in baseball. I love this move. CM, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't I don't know that I really have an, any sort of opinion on it. Um, I've, I've always kind of liked Bummer. And then I think the Braves um, gave up, you know, guys that don't really matter to that organization, that system. I think the best player going to the Sox is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is that Shoemake kid that they got in that deal. But other than that, um, I, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a great deal for either team. And I don't think it's really a bad deal for either of them either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a win-win at the end of the day. It's kind of like, you know, the Braves got to dump a lot of their guys off the 40 man so they can open it up for trades and free agents and whatnot. And the white Sox are starting to, you know, move in a different direction. So I respect it. I really, really do. So any other thoughts there, fellas? No. All right. Well, we had an episode on this team. Now it's t- now uh, things are coming to fruition. The uh, Vegas A's are pretty much uh, almost a done deal. MLB owners voted overwhelmingly last Thursday to approve the relocation proposal by A's owner, John Fisher. The team plans to play at a $1.5 billion facility on the Las Vegas Strip in 2028. Their owner, John, John Fisher, said, quote, Today is an incredibly difficult day for Oakland A's fans. It's a great day for Las Vegas. The A's will play in the Oakland Coliseum in 2024, which will be likely their last official season in Oakland. Since the stadium is in in Vegas, won't be ready until 2028. Like I mentioned before, the A's and the MLB are still working out options for where they should play between the 2025 and 2027 season. There's been rumors as them playing at the Vegas minor league affiliate team uh, stadium at that time period. Uh, John Fisher did say he has no intention to sell the team and expects to be part of the A's when they open up in Vegas in 2028. Vinny, or excuse me, Kame and CM, you guys were, of course, not a part of our episode when we talked about the A's and really giving a breakdown as to, you know, is it a good move? You know, is it the right move? Uh, Vinny and I laid out our thoughts entirely as it was a longer episode because it really was you know it's it's a really interesting discussion as to you know how bad you feel for the fans of oakland do you like what john fisher has done i love to you know kind of get your thoughts there guys i'll start with ucm like your thoughts on the a's moving and also too would love your opinion on john fisher yeah i think it's a good move um for them to get out of Oakland. That's by far my least favorite stadium um, in baseball. So I think them kind of going and following the Raiders there and with I mean, for baseball in general, moving to Vegas, following football and hockey, and then NBA is probably going to have an expansion team moving there in a couple of years because they 
have the NBA or whoever is in charge of it has already bought the land to build up a basketball arena. Um, and obviously the A's minor league team is there and that minor league park sells out almost every game. Um, the location of the stadium, I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, it's getting built kind of on the South, the far South side of the strip. Um, and it could be, it could be pretty cool. It's going to be kind of like the hockey arena down there where, it's tucked in with all the hotels and right in that central central spot of town. So I'm sure that they're going to draw a good deal of fans. And especially with it being, you know, three, four game sets, um, a lot of people will travel out there just like they do for hockey and for football now. Um, so I think it'll be a good move for them. And then from the owner's perspective, I think it's a great, business decision to go somewhere where you can uh, not only bring in more money and higher revenue dollars, but I think being there also opens the door to you a little bit more to make some splashes in free agency. Cause that's a hotbed for guys who live there during the off season um, or players that want to go somewhere like, you know, a warm weather, a warm weather state like in Arizona or, a Texas or what have you can now come to Vegas and that opens that door up for them. So I think in the long run, it'll probably really pay off for the A's. Kimmy. Yeah. I'll start out by saying, I agree. I think they're a lot more profitable when they're in Vegas. Um, so it's from a business decision standpoint, it, it's a good move. I think um, I can't help but feel terrible for the fans in Oakland especially after the Raiders left for Vegas and now the same thing are happening to the A's and those fans are very, very passionate. I think that, I don't think that's a secret. We kind of saw that with the reverse where they, where they had the reverse boycott that they had this last year and just the passion that they have and they show um, when the team is good. And even when the team is not good, they still show a lot of passion too for their team. So I feel bad for them. I agree that the Coliseum is a piece of crap, um, but you know, those 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 fans love the Oakland Athletics. So um, sad for the fans, but as CM said, smart business decision in the long run. It's tough. It is. It's a tough topic because think about John Fisher. I gave my opinion on him on the last episode where, or during the A's episode where I personally think that he's not done really anything for the organization. So how does he now change his methodology as he moves to Vegas? Now that might just be solely based on the fact that he'll have more money, but let's hope that things change now and that you're willing to do that moving forward. Um, Vinny, anything else to add there? Um, as I know, we we touched on this for a long period of time, but anything else to add as it's now come to fruition? Yeah, no, just touching on a few things that you guys mentioned, um, the, the um, rendering of the stadium, like they did a, a model of what it's going to look like and the view that, fans are going to have it looks amazing it looks absolutely incredible um you know you get the strip in the background like uh, christian said it's on the south side of the strip so you'll be able to see the whole strip from the um from where you're sitting in the field so that's really cool um and i did look a little bit more into john fisher i don't know if you saw when he went to that uh, the meeting right with the owners um he answered some questions outside did you see what he he had said to some of the reporters no, um he, he had said 
You said like it's harder for me than it is for you or something like that. Yeah, that a, he said it's been a lot worse for me than you. And I I defended him last episode, but I don't know if I can defend that because that's just it's spitting in the face of every fan. You know, it might be a lot worse for him than like one fan or ten fans, but not for you know the however many fans they have out in Oakland. I mean, that city loves the A's and for you to kind of buy the team in what was it 2015 i forget when but 2015 you know to become a, a big owner of it and then to kind of run it into the ground and um, move right away it's got a sting so um you know i think it's the right decision for them instead of renewing at a place that you don't like and you're not happy with it makes sense but just kind of a a bitter ending unfortunately yeah Fisher bought the team in 2005 for 180 million. In March, it was worth an estimated 1.2 billion. I'm Wasn't guessing. there like a? Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that was like a partial buy, and then he like fully bought it. I could be wrong, but I don't. Um, I don't have those details. Yeah, I remember. But he this is actually this is actually interesting. So, like I mentioned earlier, John Fisher, he said he has no intention to sell the team. Within MLB's agreement to approve the A's relocation, there's a provision called a 10-year flip tax. The tax is to prevent Fisher from using the relocation to boost the team's value and then sell it to another ownership. So if Fisher sells a team before the A's are begin are to begin playing in Las Vegas in 2028, he would be taxed 20% of the purchase price with the money split among the owners. The tax then goes down to 10% if he sells it in 2029 and a decreasing amount each year until it ends in 2034. So if this, I'm guessing this guy's going to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I just hope he bellies up a little bit. You know, just my thought. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, fellas. Well, the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot was officially announced. Newcomers include Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Chase Utley. Childhood um, idols of mine growing up, especially Joe Maurer few names that were just shy last year of the 75% threshold that we could expect to potentially see get in this year. Todd Helton uh, at 72.2% of the vote in 2023. I would fully expect him to get in this year. Billy Wagner at 68.1% and Andrew Jones at 58.1%. Would love to see that guy get in. Other names that bring a little bit of baggage along with them. Alex Rodriguez, uh, who is now in his third year of eligibility. He received 35 0.7% of the ballot last year. And Carlos Beltran debate debuted last year and received 46.5% of the vote. Um, didn't want to touch too much on this because we can do uh, an episode here in the future as to who we think should get in. But any, any, any initial thoughts there, fellas, any, any things you want to drop there? I think Joe Bauer should be a first ballot personally, um, just based on what he did for the game at, at the country position. That's all I got. Absolutely. Yeah. Him in particular. And I just love to see, I'm looking at the list too. I love Gary Sheffield. He was just, I remember playing, you know, some old MLB baseball games and I always knew who he was because I don't know if you remember his batting stance, but he kind of like had the bat wag and the son uh, does know. the exact same thing. And, and I just, I loved it. As a, it yeah. was just, it was so exciting. And so, I mean, obviously Iconic. he was a great player besides that, you know, but um, just some really cool names. It's fun to look back. I think Joe Maurer is an excellent one. Um, and yeah, we could have a whole conversation about whether or not a rod belongs or, or what, but so maybe in the future, that would be a really fun episode. I'm looking so, yeah. forward to that. Mm -hmm. CM we'll see hot Helton in. You think? I, I think he, this is probably the best year, um, for him to possibly get in. I mean, with Walker 
paving that way for the Rockies to have a player go into the hall and then Helton coming up super close last year. I think this might be, um, I haven't looked at the full ballot yet, but it doesn't sound like it's too strong. So maybe that'll help his chances on being able to make that last little push to get in. I'm hoping for him, man. I really am. He was, he was an icon growing up as well. Well, fellas, let's talk about uh, our next team here on the list of the Kansas City Royals. Um, you know, and team that has one of the best players coming up in the game right now in Bobby Witt Jr., a breakout star on the mound, potentially in Cole Reagans. Some storylines moving forward into this upcoming season. We've already seen a couple trades that they've made. And a lot of people say that 2025 is when we may see them really take a chance at the uh, AL Central Division title, or at least look towards a playoff opportunity. But you never know sometimes with these organizations, you know, we saw Bobby Witt really pop off this year and become the guy that we all thought he would be. And then Cole Reagans comes over in a deal with uh, from a role just Chapman of all things and became one of the best fantasy pickups uh, in the in the latter half of 2023. So, fellas, you know, how do they truly take the next step? We look at their current projected lineup for 2024. And, Vinny, I know you have this as well, so please let me know if you see any changes. But I see Michael Garcia or Mikel Garcia over at third base. Of course, Bobby Wood Jr., a superstar in the game at short. Salvador Perez behind the dish. Vinny Pasquantino, who was out for uh, the remainder of the 2023 season after an injury. He'll be at first base. Nelson Velasquez, who hit 14 home runs in 40 games when he came over in a deal from Jose Quas from the Cubs. I was really sad to see him go. He'll be in right field. MJ Melendez over and left. Nick Lofton at DH, who is a prospect in their system right now, a top 10 prospect. Michael Massey at second base. And Kyle Isbell over in center field. K-May, I know as a Sox fan, you probably saw this team a lot more than we did. This was a hard one for me because I hadn't watched the team a whole lot until they either came to Wrigley or I wanted to watch every start that Cole Reagans had. But what was kind of your general view of the team this year from the Royal standpoint? Was it, you know, at all threatening or I know their record doesn't speak for that, but you know, you've seen them for a lot of years. Yeah, they definitely have some guys in place there. Um, like you said, they have, some, they have Bobby Wood Jr., obviously, who's up and coming. I think the biggest strength for them is their defense, um, you know, historically speaking. And obviously last year, too, was the uh, that was a strength of their team. Um, you got Bobby Wood at short. Um, Gar- Garcia over at third played a hell of a third base defensively. Um, and then you have Michael Massey, who was also a wizard at second as well. Um, pitching was a big issue for them. You know, that's probably the biggest need this offseason, I would say. Is getting some arms in that rotation um, outside of Cole Reagan's. It was not very good. Um, their two through five did not show up. Brady Singer had a really disappointing year. They were really ex- expecting big things from him. Same with Jordan Lyles had a really bad year. Um, so looking for guys to bounce back with arms. Um, but like I said, they got some pieces in place defensively. A little bit of pop in that lineup. Probably looking for some more pop too this offseason. Um, but yeah, like I said, defense is definitely their strength. And then adding a couple of bats and a lot of arms this offseason would be their focus. Absolutely. Looking at, uh, we'll talk about their lineup here again, guys. I just want to mention really quick the rotation. Of course, we just mentioned him before, Cole Reagans, who had an outstanding latter second half of the year um, and was truly dominant 
and a guy that you should truly, you know, we should all expect to see have a big year next year. Kyle mentioned him, first rounder out of 2018 out of Florida was Brady Singer, had a disappointing year this last year, 8 and 11, 5.52 ERA. At certain points through the year, people saw better things happening from him, but, you know, who knows really at this point where you're going to get from Singer. Jordan Lyles, a 6 and 17 record, a 6.28 ERA. I feel bad for the guy. Um, so we'll see if he ends up in the line in the rotation. Then a couple guys that I just wrote down that I saw as maybe some probables that are right now listed on the depth chart is Alec Marsh, Daniel Lynch, and Chris uh, Bubic, I believe is in his name. Bubic. Yeah. Bubic, yeah. Bubic. Thank you. Uh, out for 2024, likely, but a deal that was just made. Kyle Wright came over from Atlanta in a trade this past offseason. Kind of a wild thing that we saw because, you know, Wright, of course, I know had a, a down year this year. He only pitched, you know, 31 innings in nine games this past season. But in 2022, he led the league in wins. He won 21 games with a 3.19 ERA. But unfortunately, he's expected to miss pretty much the entire 2024 season after ongoing surgery to repair his right shoulder. So we talked about their rotation earlier. Um, Vinny, pitching guy yourself, like in your eyes, what guys need to go out of the rotation? And is there any guys that we mentioned there that you could see making some form of an impact besides like a Reagan's there in 2024? Um, no, <laughs> I, I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I hate to be blunt. There's just, there's no, there's nobody here. I mean, this is a similar problem that we see with a lot of these teams in the bottom. I think, you know, many of them try to, build offense first and then they go after pitching second so i think the the royals are still building the offense although i will say i think their offense altogether is is pretty good um you know when we can dive into some of those guys in a minute but outside of cole reagan's i mean you're just not looking at much they're gonna have to acquire pitching i will say that move for kyle wright definitely tells me that their their window is is starting at least in 24 20 or i'm sorry um at least in 25 because he could definitely be a solid SP two or three if you need him. So I really think, you know, it, when, when it comes to be 2025 and you still have Bobby Witt and you still have Vinny P and Michael Massey and um, you know, there's some, there's some guys who can hit in this team. You add one pitcher and Kyle Wright comes in and Cole Reagan's is still doing his thing. They'll put it together. Um, it'll just, it's, it's not this year. Unfortunately, I think too, one more thing is that their record of 56 and one Oh six last year, I think was a little bit worse than, um, than their team was. I think they're a better team than that by by probably close to 10 games, and I think they're only going to get better next year. Vinny, anybody from that lineup that you really liked? I mean, you got guys, of course, like Bobby Witt Jr. and Salvador Perez, um, a guy like you know Pasquantino, who is you know, just unfortunately in injury this past season. He's a guy that I've really enjoyed watching and has become sort of a fan favorite. But anybody in that lineup that you've been really impressed with that people should keep an eye on? Yeah, the one that... Um... I wasn't really impressed with him last year. I was impressed with him the year before. It was MJ Melendez. Um, the dude just, he can hit. And he came up as a catcher and he caught behind Perez for quite a while. But um, it looks like he's just going to be in the outfield this year. But the dude has has legit probably 30 home run pop, 25, 30 home run power if he, if he figures it out. He just had some hit tool problems um, last year. He only hit 235, which... You know, I wouldn't expect it to up too much. I would say probably 250 is his is his cap, but he can easily hit 25, 30 home runs. So he's a guy to watch out for at the top of their lineup. 
And then Michael Massey is another one. I know you touched on him a little bit in his defensive value, but he he's a better hitter than than what his numbers showed. Um, his surface numbers um, weren't very good last year, but he's someone to watch out for too because I think he's he's only going to get better. He's still 25, and he had, he showed some really good signs last year. Great job. See him out of that rotation offensively. I know you're you're a blunt guy in itself. I mean, what 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 should we expect from this team? And do you see this team popping off in any way? I don't really see them doing it, but I think that there's enough pieces in the lineup to actually be uh, somewhat dangerous on the offensive side of things. I think it it spreads itself out um really well and with Pasquantino and Witt who are super consistent there um Melendez is another one who kind of came on the scene a little bit last year and then um my former college teammate Kyle Isbell who uh always kind of has little spurts here and there where he gets real hot and then goes cold but I think next year might be his year that he actually puts it all together and can keep a pretty consistent, um, consistent year going for himself. So, and I, and I hope that he does at least. Um, but I think, I, I mean, I don't really see the central being a real tough division next year as far you know, I think it's going to be wide open um, for any team to kind of jump. I don't know if Minnesota will take it and run with it again like they did this year. And I don't really know what to expect out of Cleveland. So for Detroit and Chicago and Kansas city, I think that they can all three be right there in the mix. Um, they just, I mean, they just got to figure it out on the pitching side of things big time. Absolutely. And I mentioned a guy earlier, you know, 14 home runs in 40 games, Nelson Velasquez is Vinny and I saw him, you know, through throughout the year, uh, before he was traded, as we all kind of knew that he was going to be a trade piece. And unfortunately, with David Ross playing a lot of his guys, you know, a lot of his veterans, he didn't give some of his younger guys a, a real shot. And, and Velasquez just didn't have that opportunity in Chicago. And I knew he'd pop off, and I'm glad to see he did. So that is a guy that got added to their lineup that give him a full year. I'd be very excited to see, can he get above 25 home runs potentially? So he's a very intriguing young player now in that lineup. Let's talk top prospects, fellas. Uh, we potentially could see next year a guy by the name of Chandler Champlain. Uh, he was acquired in the Andrew Benatendi trade. Chandler was one of the very best pitchers in the organization this season. He tossed 135 innings between high and double A this season with a 3.33 ERA. Struck out 8.3 batters per nine innings and walked 2.9 per nine. That's a guy that we could potentially see in that rotation if they don't go with that free agency route to uh, equip on the back end of that rotation. Of course, one other guy that is was one of my favorite players in college baseball a couple years ago, Caden Wallace out of Arkansas. He was drafted in the second round in 2022. He had a nice year this year with a 254, 331, 414 slash line, single A and double A with 14, 13 or 14 bombs. Um, there's some other names on the list, but CM, you know your prospects very well. What's potentially one guy that you like on? Maybe let's start with an underrated guy and then any comments on the players that we just mentioned or any other prospects that they have. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, too much about any of the top guys in their system, but a dude that 
that I like, who I think is a little bit further down the list uh, and maybe not so well known of is Will Klein. Um, he was a fifth round pick in 2020 out of Eastern Illinois, I believe. Uh, super big arm. He played, he played in a collegiate summer league with my brother. And so I got to watch him throw there and thought that he was, I mean, really, really good. Huge, huge arm with a fastball, a good mix uh in there and i think it's a guy who can come in at some point maybe this year um and work out of the back end of that bullpen which is something that they uh, probably are desperate to try to fill at this point right now after trading away um barlow and uh chapman um during last season so that would be a guy i think who is not very well known right now, but could come through at some point this year and become a um, a big name for them. Vinny or Kame, anybody, anything to add there on the prospects? I know those are always you know tough to keep up keep up on, but any word on that? Yeah, that was a good call out for Will Klein. He's got a fastball that'll touch triple digits, and and a curveball looks like that hits low eighty. So I mean, it, it sounds like just speed speed and then you can absolutely just drop a hammer and you know when you change speeds that consistently or that that drastically that's that's huge for a pitcher um but the two that i will touch on are gavin cross he's an outfielder um and he is currently in double a uh he had a really bad year last year in 2023 um he had 206 with 300 obp and 383 slug not a good year. Um, he was one of their top guys before last year. But if you do look at 2022, he hit over the course of rookie ball on high A, or I'm sorry, single A. He hit 293 with a 423 OBP. Um, so I, I think, you know, he was a highly touted guy until he had a really bad year last year. When we talk about prospects, you got to know that growth is not linear. So he maybe just had a tough year. I'd look to see for him to bounce back. I don't know if we see him in the um, in the on the major league roster, but someone to keep your eye out. And then Frank Mazzucato is another one. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, it was nobody. Nobody dropped oh, I thought in there. Someone said something. Um, You're dialed in. Keep it going. I'm gonna try. Um, his record last year was was atrocious. Over two levels, it was two and nine. But um, in single A, he threw to a 304 average, and um, in his 56 innings, he struck out 85 and had a 180 average against. So, um, you know, talented arm there, but don't know if we'll see him too much next year. He's still kind of far away. But if the Royals want to be serious about next year, if they are, you know, in, in a competition right for the central, like you said, it's it's pretty wide open. I could see them bringing up a few of these guys and just saying, hey, you know, show us what you got. We're in the playoff hunt. Can you help us get there? And if you can, I'm sure you're locked into a spot. So. Um, look out for Gavin Cross and, and Frank Mazzucato. Okay, man, besides the kids that they, uh, the Royals are going to look for from your boys' softball team um, that they're going to potentially pick up here in the offseason, uh, anybody else to to talk about um, besides, you know, Jimmy over at first base? Yeah, um, you know, those boys might be in the top 100 there pretty soon from the boys' softball team, so look out for them. Um, but, no, I, I think you guys covered it. I'm not too um, – too informed on the Royals farm system. Um, I think you got the guys you mentioned are good. Just looking in general, a lot of their ETAs are post 2025 for the most part. A couple guys, 2023, 2024, 
but a lot of like their top 10 guys, a majority of them are 2020, 2025 um, ETA. So interesting to see if they can make it up before then um, and show out this year and uh, make it to the bigs. Yeah, it's not necessarily a, a top five farm system per se, but hopefully I believe they brought in a new GM, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully yeah. these things will change here in the future. Talking about free agent targets, KMA, I kind of wanted you to lead off here because I personally think if we're looking at that rotation right now and you're keeping, let's say, Lyles, you're obviously going to keep Reagans and you're going to keep Singer, you know, that four and five spot, and really the sixth spot, because you're probably going to be mixing and matching throughout the year. I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you see them adding to their rotation? Maybe a guy like a Lucas Giolito, you know, cause that could be somebody that's sort of now under the radar that they can look at maybe like a Jack Flaherty, or are you looking at something more lineup based? And do you have any predictions there as to who they may go after? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the two names I was going to bring up. Um, they definitely need arms in that rotation. You know, we kind of talked about that. They need depth. They need the guys who are going to eat innings. And two bounce back candidates, guys, you know, thinking that the Royals are not going to be at the top of the free Asian market or you're historically never really have been. So just looking at from at that perspective, I think two guys that would make sense would be a flyer or a Julito, just kind of taking a flyer on them one year, one or two year deals at most, seeing if you can get anything out of them. And if they do show out and you're out of the race, you know, in the middle of the year, you can flip them for more prospects. Um, those would be two guys to go for offensively you know maybe an outfielder might be of interest to them um trying to think someone maybe like hunter renfro uh might make sense just one of the, again a mid-level guy not at the top of not at the top of the uh top of the market you know but mid-level spend someone who can give give them a little bit of depth there um in the outfield and produce for them throughout the year Vinny or cm any picks there uh yeah another name that that i thought might make sense for Kansas City was uh, Luis Severino. Oh, you took uh, mine, you son of a Yankee, <laughs> who I think I think would actually make um, make a ton of sense going going there, or if they want to go the Granky kind of route with um, an older guy who has had a little bit of consistency, um, maybe like Kenta Maeda would be a good pitcher to have to throw into that lineup. I love Louis Severino. Yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, Christian, <laughs> but that was a great call because I, I think Severino would be a perfect fit. And someone else, too, that I'll just throw in there, too, that we talked about last time, Tyler, is Eric Fetty. Um, this is a team that should buy bounce-back candidates, and I think Fetty is a bounce-back candidate for sure. Um, you know, Severino is another one. KBO just guys that, Yeah, he could be. I mean, what did he say? He young. had the fifth highest war uh, wins above replacement in the world. Seen last year, you should have seen CM's face when you said that. You should have seen CM's face. He literally just like smiled because he's like, I'm, I'm going to pick him up in fantasy this year and end up winning the league again, but not a big deal. Go well, ahead. No, Fed. Yeah. Um, Fed's a UNLV alumni as well. Oh, really? Okay. Well, so did you yeah. play with you? You played with him or no? No, he got drafted the year before I got there, but. Um, I know him super well, so we followed uh, his journey. Yeah, we're actually we're both fighting. That's why I'm locked in on this game right now because we're both fighting for first place in our fantasy football league. Holy cow! I got a big game right here. That's cool. That's awesome. We'll see him on the show next week, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, that ain't happening. That'd be a cool Uh, guy. Go ahead. No, no, that was pretty. I mean, they're just they they have to look for some. Some guys who are going to be cheap that have high upside plays, 
Um, and those are two of the cheapest, highest upside guys that you're probably going to find out there this year. So, Cool. Well, boys, anything else to add in? Ronaldo Lopez, uh, three-year deal to the Braves as well. That was something I also forgot to mention. So um, Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, I didn't realize this, KMA, could potentially not be on the same team for the first time since 2012. Crazy. I know. They came up with the Nats. Wow. Wow. Wait. That's a stat. They're, How did Giolito end up on the Sox? The trade with Adam Eaton. Holy cow. And and Lopez came over in that trade as well then. Lopez came over in that trade as well. Yeah. Hilarious. Sox legend, by the way. Adam Eaton. White Sox for life. Yep, exactly. Anything else then, Vinny, CM? Um, I thought something that's really cool that Savant does is they – so I, I did look up Cole Reagans on, on – savant they break break down everything for pitching and they have a um, a little section that's like similar pitchers and so if you look at cole reagan's similar pitchers to cole reagan's based on movement and velocity was 2023 shane mcclanahan and 2023 jesus lazardo so anybody who thinks cole reagan's isn't the real deal or hasn't been watching him i mean that is as good as you're going to get as good of the comp so um, just really excited to see what he can do in a full year. If you get him in a full year, Vinny Pascantino in a full year, this team could easily win 20 more games than they won last year. Be good for baseball, man. Be yeah, good for baseball. Mm-hmm. See him rooting for you tonight, though, pal. Yeah, I need it. Just need another um, either a Mahomes touchdown or an A.J. Brown touchdown. I'll be looking good. You have both those guys in your league. That's I feel bad for you, man. Yep. How's it look? How close are you? What's the what's the playoff picture look like? Well, we're we're tied for first right now, and he's got he got a W this week. I need to get one too, just to stay tied. So I just need five more points. So if I can get a touchdown out of any of them two guys, be all right. We'll let you dial in, man. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Is Vinny. there a bye week for just first place? Or do you get it if you're second place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no you okay. get yeah. First two teams get a bye. Okay, okay. We'll let you dial it in. Just tell them like, hey, man, if you if I win, you have to come on the pod. Um, mm-hmm. But like, don't say it like he has to. Just kind of like yeah. ask him kind of nicely because it would probably be one of the funnier episodes because it'd be like, yo, man, you went from the like MLB. That would just be so cool. Now, yeah, like, yeah. Now you're a KBO Cy Young, which is cool. just Good unreal. I'd love to learn that's that. Awesome. Love to learn that's about awesome. that story. Yeah, we'll get him on. I'll get him in here on one of these episodes and see what he's got. So, beauty. Be All right, guys. One. Well, guys, thanks so much again for hopping on. Thankful for having you guys on the pod and in my life. Appreciate you guys so much. And to all our listeners, to every single one of our listeners, the uh, we saw the other day uh, 15 listeners in the last month. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, we do this for free, by the way. So just a heads up there, uh, just to make sure everyone knows what we do in our spare time. Uh, this has been another edition of Big Fly Pod, and we thank you again for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon.